What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And we got another Bulls win to break down. We're also going to talk about some of the players that so far on this Bulls roster that have outperformed my initial expectations for them. And then lastly, we'll also be going into, and I want to take a look at some of the free agent targets that we have want, we wanted to see the Bulls go after this season and how they stack up against what we actually brought into this team. It's actually going to be pretty surprising in a lot of areas. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So first, to start off with the win with the Chicago Bulls over the Indiana Pacers, at the end of the day, the Bulls team took care of business. Yes, they made it scary a little bit in the third quarter. Just, you know, they, they wanted to keep us on our toes. But this Bulls team came out, started the game, getting out to a huge lead, starting the, 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 the game off with an 11-point lead in the, in the first quarter. And then to build on that as well and add 18 more points to that, um, in at the end of the second quarter. Now, yes, things did come apart a little bit uh, that we look at in the third quarter. Not a little bit, a lot of it, because they got it down to single digits. But even then, the Bulls did not give up the lead. At times last season, this team would have absolutely gave up the lead in, in times like that. And so the resilience that this team showed, right, the, the fact that this team came out, they executed on both sides of the ball, that, that starting lineup, I think, still needs to keep up the defensive intensity a little bit better than what they have. But this bench unit, has played great, and that's going to play into something that we talk about um, later on into the show, but when you just look at everything out there, man, and the way that the Bulls went about business, the way that Zach Levine shot the ball from three-point range, he was six for 13, all six of those shots came in the uh, three-point range, and then he was 10 for 12 from the free throw line. I'm telling you guys right now, if Zach Levine adds the ability, and he's as he's starting to notice that he can get to the free throw line on top of his ability to shoot, on top of his mid-range game, on top of everything else that Zach Levine has worked into his offensive game over his time here in Chicago, You like it's going to take this team to new heights. The fact that DeMar DeRozan only had to take 14 shots, and he made 6 of 14 of those for 17 points, but this team was able to give enough. Every starter scored in double digits. That's the type of balance that you want from this team. When I talked about at, at, and during the offseasons that hopefully DeMar DeRozan wasn't going to have to do as much, this is what I meant, is that you now have a team that even when DeMar is not doing his fourth quarter heroics that we don't have to bet on anymore, it's, it, we, it's still there, right? We still know that we can go to it. We've seen it at times this season. But to be able to have a team that's been that's able to stand up in a bench unit that comes into the games and is not only able to hold on to leads, but increase leads. That's a bench mob. The Bulls may have one of the best benches. No, they do have one of the best benches in the NBA. We'll see where that where that team ranks as far as as far as their bench production as the season continues to go on. But I tell you what, everything that this team is doing, right, is such a different feel for this team than last last year's team. Even when last year's team was excelling and even got out to a better start than than uh, this season, the Chicago Bulls bench so far. Is top 10 in every bench category. They are third in scoring at 34.5 points per game. They're eighth in rebounding at 18.2 uh, rebounds per game. Most of those coming from one player in Andre Drummond. They're fourth in assists off the bench at 9.2 assists per game. They're fifth in blocks with 2.8 blocks per game. And they're seventh in free throws attempted with 8.2 free throws attempted and have a plus minus of plus 82. This Bulls bench is no joke. And I don't want to overlook or, or understate how important this Bulls bench is going to be to the Chicago Bulls team finding success this season. 
Patrick Williams also putting together one of his best games this season, albeit in only 15 minutes, but going four for five from the field, two for two from three-point range, having 10 points in this game. And outside of the third quarter where he had some big defensive lapses or just was kind of slow on some rotations, had a very solid game defensively overall from him as well. I see what they're doing with Patrick Williams. I talked about this in the post-game show. I think they're slowly trying to build that confidence of P. Will before they really start letting him play heavy minutes. But when you still have players like Javante Green and Derrick Jones Jr., whose energy is still changing the dynamic of games, you kind of just have to fit in where you can. Javante is, is, is Javante. Like, Javante's been great this season. 17 minutes in this game, four for six from the field, chips in eight points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, He's being very, like, his energy off the bench is key, and that's why I do like him off the bench for this team. Derrick Jones Jr. as well didn't score in this game, but he did other things out there where his energy affected him, and we already know. Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic are maybe the best one-two punch, and then you throw in Alice Caruso as well, the best one-two-three punch in the NBA when it comes to being off the bench. Like, having that, that like, there are players that are definitely better off the bench, right? But I'm saying, go, having those three players, the Bulls had... 10 players score in this game. 10 players score. 11 players that played meaningful minutes during the meaningful part, but of course, they extend outside of that. Kobe White played 12 minutes in this one, but I think what we're seeing also with this is that if Kobe's shot isn't falling and with everything else that Goran Dragic's doing, it's going to be tough for Kobe to get the minutes that he was getting last season. But this was a great win from this Bulls team. When you look at the team stats as well, winning the, the shooting percentage battle, winning the turnover battle, uh, winning the three-point uh, shooting battle, Definitely getting to the free throw line a little bit more early on. The, now the, the Pacers end up getting tying us with free throws at 24 and 24, but we got to the line way more consistently. We definitely won the rebounding battle. They won the block battle as well. They actually did win the turnover battle two by two nonetheless. But the way that this team played is exactly what we want to see. Zach doing his thing. Vooch doing his thing. And that's another thing. Let me not overlook Nikola Vucevic and his play as well. Vooch in this game, 31 minutes. He was 5 for 10 from the field. Chips in 14 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Now, Miles Turner was making it a little bit difficult out there for him scoring-wise. But Vooch still is just so much more focused and giving so much more energy on both sides of the ball. That's just helping this team be a better team overall. This team played well. They played excellently. And I, for one, am glad to see how this team has been performing. But that brings us to... The next topic for today, Bulls players that have outperformed my personal expectations for them this season. And the first one is, is Goran Dragic. I was very much so, I didn't see it for Goran. I didn't know how he was going to fit in on this team. I thought he was going to be there more as a depth piece if we had injuries, and which I guess is still kind of true because Lonzo wasn't ready to go. But it's so much more than that. The poise that he has out there, the way he's able to get the ball to people in situations in which they just don't necessarily even expect it themselves, but they still score. The, his court vision, his passing, the no-look passes in this game were beautiful. And his defense has not been terrible either, right? Gorn is just out there playing like a veteran that's playing on a different level. Uh, coming When he comes off that bench unit, it's the perfect role for him. I don't know if he would be this impactful if he was starting. Like some Bulls fans did want to see him start. Um, in place of Lonzo Ball, but I don't know if he would be this impactful. What he's able to do as coming off that bench is a luxury that not a lot of teams have, and Gorn has been has far exceeded my personal expectations for him, and I got to hold myself accountable for that because he's been amazing. While I was high on Drummond, the moment we signed Drummond, I thought and saw and, and saw the vision for how Drummond could fit on this team coming off the bench. I did not see that for Goran Dragic, and it's been a revelation for me, and I know for many others, just how good he's been able to be for the Chicago Bulls team off the bench. The next one up is Ayo DeSumo. While I was never down on Ayo, 
while I never thought that Iowa was like going to come in and have the sophomore slump, I didn't think like it's the assertiveness for me, right? It's it's how he's he's cut down his turnovers. He's he's up his three point efficiency on a higher volume. Um, he's just coming in and just playing like a player that's just he's playing like a veteran out there, and that goes to show like how sometimes staying in college helps players. But Iowa Desumu's coming in. If you look at like the eye test he passed, the effort he gives defensively, putting the ball on the floor, going to the going to the rim hard. His like I said, the one thing in holding myself accountable and being honest, I, I would like to see his passing get a little bit more tighter. But outside of that, everything else that he's done, it's just a different level of play out there for Iowa Desumu. Even when he was the starter last year, Iowa Desumu was passing up shots. We're not seeing that anymore. Iowa is moving confidently with the ball. He's taking shots confidently. He's not afraid to put the ball on the floor and go to the rim and get some contact. That added strength and everything that he's shown in flash has been great for him so far this season. And it's just, it's paid big dividends for him. You got to look, he's he's up this player efficiency rating. His rebounds, he's averaging five rebounds per game, 3.66 assists per game. He's averaging 12.8 points per game. His turnover ratio has gone down. His effective field goal percentage has risen from 58 to 63%, everything with it. His true shooting percentage rose 4.2%. He's on pace right now to have a win share of 6.2. That is double what his win share was last season at three. Now, again, it's only four games going into the season. The sample size is small, but at least in that sample size that we're looking at, he's played, He Ayo Desumu has stepped up big time and he's increased his game and made, not, not the huge loop uh, leap, at least not yet, but he's just made incremental improvements to his game that's just making him a more effective player out there and a player that's contributing at a much higher level than even what he did last season. And we know what Ayo Desumu meant for this team in games and everything last season. Ayo was balling his ass off this season, and it's been great to see. And I kind of thought Ayo would come in. He would do a lot of what he did last season with some improved shooting, but it's just you got to watch the game. The box score, and I can give all the stats, it does not do justice for how Ayo DeSumo has improved and outperformed my expectations, at least. I, I know a lot of the Bulls fans were super high on him and even think, hey, he can take that starting position from Lonzo Ball outright. But Lonzo is just putting together, like I said before, those Drew Holiday comparisons that a lot of people make, they may actually come true when it comes to Ayo DeSumo. Now, the next player and the last one on this list that has outformed my expectations for the Chicago Bulls so far this season is Derrick Jones Jr. I thought Derrick Jones Jr. was going to be completely out of the rotation. Out of the rotation. Now, we've only seen two games of him being a meaningful part of the rotation where he's coming in early. Three if you count the uh, the other, the the uh, I can't remember which opponent we were facing, but three if you count that one. Um, but Derrick Jones Jr., just the energy, right? And it's not always scoring. Like I said, in this game tonight against the Pacers, he didn't score at all. He didn't hit any of his shots. He took three. He missed three. But it's everything else that Derrick Jones Jr. is out there. He's not, he, he, the block shot number isn't going to be huge either, but he's affecting shooting. He, for a player that isn't doing anything else, he has a PER of 16.09, showing that he's giving something out there for this team. And when you watch the, the basketball being played, you know that Derrick Jones Jr. is making impacts, even if it's not in the square. Again, I got to hold myself accountable. I didn't think that Derrick Jones Jr. would get into the rotation any. And if Patrick Williams was playing better and more consistent, he probably wouldn't have. But thank God that everything happens for a reason. Derrick Jones Jr. is being really good for this team. And when you look at the combination of what we're paying for, for Drogic, Derrick Jones Jr., even Javante, and Andre Drummond, we're really getting, like, we're, we got still financially for these three, four players that are giving us big time 
um, play off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. But what this has done, right, is talking about the Bulls bench, talking about uh, Bulls that have outshined me. I wanted to do a little check-in, right? And I wanted to check in on some of the players that me or other Bulls fandom really wanted the Bulls to go after. And the first one I'm going to talk about is P.J. Tucker. Bulls fans really wanted to see us go after P.J. Tucker. I always thought we may be priced out of it. But P.J. Tucker, and so far in the season, on the uh, Philadelphia 76ers that have just been, have not been winning games, but he's averaging five points, four rebounds, 0.6 assists, and he has a PER of 6.28. P.J. Tucker seems like a player that's age has finally caught up with him. And while he's never been a player that scored big time, ever, he's never averaged double-digit points in his career, if you watch the, like, A, being 37 years old, paying $10 million for a player like that, I was always against. And I know a lot of Bulls fans were for the toughness, for the edge, and for the uh, having a dog on the team. But P.J. Tucker just has not been effective at all for the Philadelphia 76ers. And there is something to be said that overall, the team is playing bad, so he can't have a big impact either. But I just don't think that he's even what the 76ers were hoping that he was going to be. The next one we're going to check in with, and a lot of Bulls fans were adamant about this one, is T.J. Warren. Still yet to play a game in the NBA this season. Still yet to play. Has not played a single game. Is still on the injury report every single time. I told you guys, a player that's been out of basketball that long, you don't want to bet on. You definitely don't want to give big-time money to, and that's being proven as well. T.J. Warren, a fail. Not something that the Bulls, someone that the Bulls should have went after. This next one, though, is going to change some things. Isaiah Hartenstein. He was a player that I did think the Bulls should offer the full mid-level exception to. It would have been right in line with what he got as well. And Isaiah Hartenstein has been balling out. 9.3 points per game, 7.8 rebounds per game, right at one assist per game. And he has a PER of 19.22. Really good PER from him. He's not hitting the three ball effectively at all. Last season, he shot the three at 46%. He is shooting the three ball at 16.7%. So that three-point shot just is not falling yet for him in the four games. He's played in all four games, averaging 24 minutes per game. He's shooting the ball otherwise at a 60% clip, averaging those uh, those 9.3 points per game. Um, and so Isaiah Hardenstein is still a player that I do wish that the Bulls would have went after. He's still a player that I think had, had for example, we had Isaiah Hardenstein instead of Andre Drummond. I do think we would still be very happy with the bench production that Isaiah Hartenstein was a, is able to give. Would he be rebounding at the rate that Drummond is? No. Would he defend at the rate that Drummond is? In a different way. He's better on pick and rolls. Like Isaiah Hartenstein is a really creative defender. He's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a younger player as well at only 24 years old. But Isaiah Hartenstein is having a pretty solid season for the New York Knicks. Um, and the New York Knicks, you know, have been playing okay. They're three and one on the season so far. So again, this is a player that. If we're looking at the, passing the test, the set-wise, he's performing. But the thing is, had we signed Isaiah Hardenstein for what he got signed for, that full mid-level exception, we wouldn't have Goran Dragic on this team right now. So the combination of having Drummond and Dragic, I'm still saying at this point in the season, because the stats aren't too different, I still would rather have the, the two players that we have than Isaiah Hardenstein, but Hardenstein is still balling out. The next one and the last one that I'm going to cover on this list, no, I'll cover two more on this list, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba this season, after having his best season, one could one could call it a breakout season, averaging over averaging double digit points, averaging eight point one um, rebounds per game. He did start sixty nine games and was playing twenty five minutes. Has seen a drastic cut um, from this roster. Not starting anymore. He's played in all five games, but he's only averaging twelve minutes per game. He's averaging two point eight points per game, 2.4 rebounds per game, and only a PER of 2.4. 
Now, it's harder to judge Mo Bamba because his role has been so drastically cut by the way that the, the, the Orlando Magic roster works. He's found himself moved from that, like I said, from that starting lineup. And you have Paulo Banchero, who's just coming in and balling out initially. Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter, all above Mo Wagner um, on that depth chart at different positions. Well, Franz is, plays the small forward, which saves him a lot. But at the end of the day, Mo Bamba, it's, it's, it's a question mark, right? Because we don't know what Mo Bamba would be able to do with more minutes, right? But the thing of the matter, the fact of the matter is, is that Mo Bamba was never going to come in here and be the starter. At least I didn't project that he was going to come in here and be a bench player. Now he's averaging 12 minutes per game on the Bulls. It'll probably be more like 18 minutes per game. But I still don't think in the way that he's played so far that there's enough to say there that paying that that full mid-level exemptions for Mo Bamba would have been better than the sum of the parts of Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. And then the last player on this list, the one that I still say, and I'm going to say this right here, I'm going to bury the lead. I get it, Drogic's playing great, but I would rather have this player than having Drummond and Drogic. That's just me because of his youth, because of his ability to stretch the floor, because he'd probably be our starting power forward right now because of how P. Will is played, and that's Jalen Smith. This is a player that I did want to see the Bulls go after. He's having an efficient season at a PER of 21, 13.8 points per game, 8.8 rebounds per game, and 1.1 assists per game from Jalen Smith so far in this short, short part of the season. He's playing very well, and there was times last night against us where he was hitting the shots that were just amazing. He's shooting the ball at 31%, not great, not bad. He's 50% overall from the field. Um, get get doing the dirty work. Also, adding a block and a half per game in a team that needs some rim, pre rim protection, I would have loved to have Jalen Smith on this team. Again, didn't seem likely, didn't seem like it was in the cards. He ends up staying with the team that he was in and earning a bigger role, and as this team may look, to move a Buddy Hield, move a Miles Turner, they do have a nice young player in Jalen Smith that's going to be able to come in, step up, and they, they can continue to develop at only 22 years old. So again, a player that was on my list. I don't know if he was on a lot of other Bulls fans' lists, though, but I had to list him here. But that's it. Let me know what you guys think. Let, name any other um, free agent prospects that you wanted to see that you were interested in the Bulls going after this offseason that they did not get. Are they living up to the expectations? Would you still rather have Andre Drummond and, and, and Goran Dragic over that player or players. Let me know all that down below. And this is why I, I, I did this as an exercise to remind people why sometimes we need to let the front office cook, right? I know that a lot of Bulls fans were down on how seemingly we only added marginal pieces to this team. But as we're seeing, the pieces that we added are paying off big time. And the sum of those parts is being very effective in the success that the Bulls are having this early part of the season. But let me know everything down below. Make sure you're, you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. Last night, we hit our goal of 9,000 subscribers. I will announce that on the mailbag episode Saturday, who won the giveaway. We are now on the road to 10,000 subscribers. So if you're watching this and not subscribed, subscribe. We're doing a big giveaway at 10,000 as long as we hit it by my birthday of December 5th. But otherwise, like I like to knit everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. And see you red, goddammit. See red. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break, Break Media. Media.